0: How do you not have anyone in your life that says to you, hey, don't spend millions of dollars on snakes?
1: This is Tall Can Audio.
0: <laughs> Episode 1055 of the Tall Can Audio podcast, kicking off another week. My name's Matt Robinson, coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Of course, it's Monday. That means Rob Christie is here as well. What's happening today, man?
1: Talk and audio, take five.
0: Right. <laughs> it was better than last week. Last week we had all kinds of technical issues coming off the holiday. I'd unplugged several things to take certain things with me. Man, right up and going this time, except for you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's me. And we've only been doing this for this is I'm the problem. Closing in on our eighth year. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the intro's playing. Matt and I are just shooting the shit and the intro starts to play. I'm like, all right, we're, I guess. Are we're, we doing this? I guess we're going now. Are we recording? And he's like, yeah. And so yeah. then I just keep talking. He's like, all <laughs> right. Click, stop, we'll just, music we'll stops. Run this and, over again. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> am I talking over the music?
0: We are on social media at Talk and Audio. You can give us a follow there. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, wherever you're hearing us right now. Uh, what's new, man? What's happening with you? I got, I got. Questions for you on a professional sense here in a minute or two, but. I'm fired up, Matt. Yeah.
1: I'm fired up. You know, we, uh, we exchanged some, uh, some texts yesterday about the show today and seems to be hockey heavy. It is. Which, you know.
0: Well, we can do that. And, uh, I should say partly because on episode 1053 earlier this week, our friend Sean Fitzgerald from The Athletic was here, ran down five. Canadian sports media stories to watch in 2023, plus a story he had done as part of the athletics. I'm sure you've seen it. They're counting down the top 99 players of the modern era. Really, it's the top 100 players, but since everybody knows Gretzky's number one, they've called this the NHL 99. It's presumptuous. He had to do Scott Stevens, which is an interesting debate at this point, right? What does his career look like from 2023 compared to what, did it look like at the time that it was happening, right? Heavily
1: suspended. Right.
0: Well, yeah, (laughs) for sure. Probably thrown out of the league by now, but at the time that he was doing what he was doing, man, a legend. Alpha predator. Right. And so, um, Sean Fitzgerald wrote that piece as well. I would encourage you to go back and check out episode 1053, episode 1054. Also this week, Mike Wilner from the Toronto star on all the new names Coming into Blue Jays spring training, which is only like five weeks away as we sit here in a very cold Ottawa, Canada right now, uh, following another blizzard. Baseball is on the horizon and, uh, Wilner was good enough to come in here and and tell us a little bit about Brendan Belt and Dalton Varsho and Chris Bassett and some of these new names, uh, that will be a part of the Blue Jays moving forward. And whether or not, while this team is very different, will it be better? That's episode 1,054. You can go back and check those Hey Google,
1: those out. send a memo to Rob tomorrow to listen to the Wilner episode.
0: You, you should all, you should all, always. I know, but
1: I, yeah. I, you know what? <laughs> I, you know, it really comes down to, I saw something come up saying Jay's new signing and I'm like, oh, what is that? Yeah. And then I neglected to go yeah. and look for it. So I need to. Really understand. what
0: it is, is Rob hears plenty from Matt. He doesn't need extra Matt throughout the week in his uh, ear holes at work. Uh, Look, we're going to talk about Rob's work in just a few minutes before we do,
1: what'd you just crack into there, man? Wow. That's interesting. (laughs) This is something called the dark and the light. Okay. So it is a oatmeal, vanilla, black lager from Cowbell.
0: Oatmeal, vanilla, black. Lo- There's a lot of whiplash happening there. A lot of back and forth, right? On what we're doing here.
1: So on first pull, yeah. comes in at 4%. So on the light side, mm-hmm. heavy on the vanilla. Okay. Right. So my first pull, I am, um, it's kind of smooth, not not a real sort of crisp effervescent carbonation. Right. But. Um,
0: Where's cowbell again? Do you remember off the top?
1: live so Live, Listowell, Clinton, north of London, I think okay. up in that, up yep. in that area, maybe as you're getting close to Wasaga beach, mm. not entirely sure. Right.
0: Live. Uh, this one that I have in my hand, I'll be honest cause I'm failing miserably.
1: Honestly, not a strong
0: student. <laughs> <laughs> um, ordered in uh, last week, a bunch of Nita light because I've been trying to pump the br- – I'm. there was no chance I was going to do dry January. And you've said the same in previous years, right? When you're doing this podcast, let's pump the brakes a little, but it's not going to be a totally dry – it's going to be a damp January. Moist. Right? Moist January. And so at the same time that I've been trying to, to ease off a little bit here in January, I'm also trying to lose a couple pounds again. And so I enjoyed – in the calendar and over at the brewery there in December, the need a light for a light beer. It's perhaps the best light I've had. in a It it's was, still it a light was beer. good for a light beer. That's true. One. So I ordered a few of those and then our buddy at the brewery, Andy decided, you know what, I'm going to deliver those for you. <laughs> and so my damp January got much more moist. Yeah. Very quickly. Cause he's like, right, I'll throw in one or two of these. And I, I had picked one or two other things to have during the show. Cause I didn't want to drink just light beers for the next, whatever it's going to be six or eight shows. So I'd picked one or two other things. This is something I had actually had at the brewery back in the fall. This is their Marzen slash Marzen.
1: Yeah. Marzen.
0: Yeah. And I'm corrected no matter which way I say it. People are like, actually yep. it's Marzen. Like, oh, okay. And then no. you say Marzen. They're like, it's, it's Marzen. You're like, yeah. Okay, uh, but about 5.8%, uh, nice. it's called, and they have a bit of a German theme going over there. I think based on, on Andy's father and, and his heritage. Yeah, yep. exactly. Uh, this is called Das ist gut. Das, boy. <laughs> it uh, Das gut. Das ist gut. I think, yep. is what we're supposed to do with there that. There's got to be some umlauts it, in there somewhere. Right, it's, and it's fun. Uh, so this is their Marzen slash uh, Marzen logger.
1: Your Hans and De Hosen. Yeah,
0: lots of that sort of stuff going on over at the Need a Beer Company. Uh, no details to release yet, but Andy will be back because they're planning their first ever St. Patrick's Day party coming up in March. So when it's time to uh, promote that, he'll be back in and, and we're going to help him out in exchange for a couple of pints there. So stick around for details on that. But this is, like I said, one I've had once or twice back in the fall, but uh, pretty nice man.
1: So I'm really missing the crispness that you would get from a, a, you know, a beer really. Okay. It To me, this has a light taste to it, which not a full mouth feel kind of a light beer. Mm. It is, and I'm missing some of the little snap that you get or the crackle. With a with a beer, it's missing some carbonation. Heavy on the vanilla, not bad, but I'm not
0: not loving, loving it. it. It's okay, it's not great.
1: Yeah, okay, nope. And and so to me, if 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 it had a bit of that sort of initial sort of yeah, a little bubbly, little little something, but it's missing that big time.
0: It's been a while since we've discussed your position in the world. As- until
1: I was disgusted. <laughs>
0: As world's sexiest librarian. We haven't yes, talked guy. about that in a while.
1: Yes, guy. Self-proclaimed, but nonetheless. No, it actually was oh. not self-proclaimed. Oh. You were there and it was bestowed upon me. I didn't come up with that handle.
0: I, I feel like you must've. Nope.
1: Nope. Okay. It was actually somebody, a visitor to to your apartment.
0: Who left upon laying eyes on the world's sexiest no, no. life? That's,
1: but that's what she said. She said it. That's what she said. Yeah, she said it, not me. Okay. I have certainly taken it. Yeah. And, and ran, ran with
0: hard it. with that. Yeah, no doubt. Okay.
1: Now, she uh, may have said that before she saw me. That's totally true. But. <laughs>
0: um, this week, Yeah. a new Guinness World Record for fastest selling nonfiction book of all time. This has to be on your radar as someone working in that industry. The Spare. The Spare by Prince Harry. 1.43 million sales on day one. How you doing, Harry? Uh, I think, yeah, he's probably doing all right.
1: I think think they got 100 million
0: for the Netflix thing. Yeah, there's also, yeah, a four or six part mini doc series on Netflix, uh, all of this based on wanting privacy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what's there, uh, you know, working for the city? Li- is I, I don't know how much it's on your radar in terms of what's happening after it gets processed into the system. Is this on back order? Is like, what happened at work we this rec- week?
1: We received, so this is is very similar to A lot of big releases. And and I think back to a lot of the Harry Potter stuff. Okay. Right. That would come in. Other Prince Harry's. The new, yeah. The new issues. And honestly, we received the release date on that was the 10th. Right. And we received the copies on the 6th probably. Okay. Which allows us to do any kind of. (laughs) Staff to take it home, read it before it has to be released. Well, but just get it ready, you know, (laughs) and and have it. uh, But we couldn't release it to the branches. Until the tenth, like okay. there was.
0: So that was this Tuesday.
1: There was legal copyright warnings from the vendors yeah. saying you do not release. So they this. knew
0: this was going to be a big thing.
1: One hundred percent. And so, for instance, um, to show you how serious they are about these sorts of things, way back, I'm thinking oh four. I can't remember which version of of the of the uh, Harry Potter series it was, but. We received our sixty copies or eighty copies of it um, early, so it gets cataloged. It gets it gets you know processed, all that sort of stuff, and it's ready for for the public. Yeah, it's
0: on the shelf the day it's supposed to be there.
1: Um, so we had a photo op. The citizen came in and uh, had a couple of the ladies from the floor sort of gather around this huge stack of these books, and we had one of the women. Crack open the book and sort of had a flashlight in it. So it had this light sort of coming up. You couldn't see what was in the book. It was just the light was shining up from the book on her face. Okay. Yeah. Within a week we got. It took shit for that. We got contact from the vendor saying, you can't even crack that <laughs> from, from, from the publisher. Sorry, not the vendor, the publisher yeah. saying, yeah, there's, there's, there's legal issues with that. And so. It gave nothing away. It was just to promote. Correct. Wow. Nothing really came of it, but we did hear from, from Random House or whoever it was. Yeah. We, uh, they're very serious about that. So. It's
0: interesting because
1: this is supposed
0: to be like, I kind of inferred half of this story and I'll be honest, I read it this week. I was very curious. I'm not really. Look at that guy. I'm really not much. Of a Royal. I'm definitely not particularly Royal myself. Come on. Um. There's been like every year there are dozens of books written on the royals. I've never checked a single one of them out before. This one was interesting to me in the sense of having departed the royal family, right? Like uh I didn't watch last year they did the the two of them Harry and and Meghan with the Oprah. Oprah. Yeah, I, I didn't hate, check I hated it. Okay. Do you normally like I I watched Oprah do her thing with uh Ah, uh, come on, the Uniball.
1: Cyclers, no. Armstrong,
0: yes. Lance Armstrong. Uniball. I'm,
1: like... I'm sorry, man. I was like,
0: <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I, I understand why people love Oprah and whatever, but there is still certain things that she soft pedals a little. And
1: well, not only does she soft pedal that Harry and Meghan thing, she was very leading in all of that. Right. Okay.
0: See, I didn't see any of that. I saw the Netflix thing came out. And I was like, I might watch a bit of that, but then I saw the book was coming. And it's going to be ghost written. They always are. Um, but I was just like, I, I,
1: the audiobook is read by him, I believe. It
0: is. Yeah. And so I was only like, I only have so much time for this month, but it, it was only interesting to me in the sense that he's left the, everything that went down in the last kind of two years, right. Having left the Royal family and being stripped of his titles and, you know, serving the queen and whatever all that meant. So I, I was interested in it and yeah, when you buy it, you know it was hard to find in terms of getting a hard copy, but electronically on Kindle, you can buy as many as you want, right? Or on the audiobook or whatever you want to do there. So I checked it out. He is a, I don't know how I'd frame it, man. That book was all over the map. The only constant through the entire thing was his hatred for the media, the paparazzi. Yep. Right. And I kind of get that very early on in the book, they talk about Or he talks about, uh, years after Diana's passing, he finally asks one of the palace
1: drivers or media people or
0: whatever. I want to see some pictures. I want, I need to know more about what happened that night. And he's looking at a couple of the pictures and he keeps seeing these like weird flashes and glows in the photos. And he's like, what is this? Yeah. And it's that. People are taking pictures of her dead in the back seat at, at of the, the limo. Scene. Yeah, and he's like, "How are you as a human not ripping the doors open, trying to see if you can help somebody? Right, trying to see if there's anyone alive."
1: Try-. And could, so I, 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 you're taking that photo. You're hopping back on your bike and you're peddling that right. first photo for as much money as you possibly can. And so
0: he goes, "I understand." as I'm seeing a photo of my mother dead in the backseat, someone took that photo. He goes, it wasn't until that moment when I'm seeing the other glows that are clearly coming off the limo windows, that there is a crowd around the limo taking photos, yep. no one helping. Right. And so there is a party that's like, yeah, I'd probably hate that group, those people for the rest of my fucking life too. Right? Like that's my mother. Those are I kind of get it. And that becomes the overarching theme, but there is beyond that. It's sort of all over the map in terms of this is a letter to his brother and his dad more than it's a release for the public.
1: Yeah. And and you are talking about, you know, his, his ax to grind is clearly with, with the sort of the parasite nature of, yeah, of the tabloid media in the UK and the royal family, right? Yes. There's a give and a take and a use mentality, yep. right? And so, yeah, he he certainly has the axe to grind, but you're you're absolutely right. Everything about it is, is, is really a message to the rest of the royal family.
0: And so I, I've seen on YouTube the intro to the Netflix series. I haven't watched the Netflix series. I probably won't. Like this was probably enough.
1: It's been me. watched in my house. Yeah. Not by me.
0: Okay. The opening is like, hey, if people are going to tell our story, it might as well be us. I, I kind of get that. I get that. Sure. Um, but you've now told it to Oprah. You've told it to Netflix. Was told CBS, it was a
1: CBS on Saturday night, CBS interview.
0: Yeah. 60 Minutes was a thing as That's well. It's sort
1: of completely different. Interview. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just everywhere. He's everywhere. And so you're sort of like,
0: if this is about getting your privacy you know what are we doing here it's okay. it's a bit much but uh but yeah when i say he's all over the map there's this sort of odd um and maybe this comes from the ghost writer maybe this comes from whatever he's suffering through but kind of this it's hard to keep track of what you're reading there's there's this mix of you know, jocular lighthearted Prince Harry that was always kind of dubbed by the Royal media to be kind of irresponsible or whatever. And then there's this stoic, um, you know, how his mother's passing is arched over. And and maybe that's totally reasonable, man, but it's an interesting read in that sense. Like I said, I'm not normally a big, I, I do enjoy the story of how the Royals have played in historically, right? Like in way back, like there's a great HBO series. I think it's, a two part, two hours, each thing on Elizabeth the first that I thought was awesome. Cause it had that HBO pizzazz to it. Right. And, um, you know, I, am interested in the Royals in a historical sense. I'm not somebody who's interested kind of week to week in the right. tabloid bullshit, but this to watch this guy kind of suffer from, you know, being a kid whose mom passed away in the most public way possible, whose name also like she he, for the longest time through the book says mummy's friend and then mummy's boyfriend, but never uses Doty's actual name. Right. I don't, I don't know what that's about. Um, but just, these are the two things that overarch through the entire book is mum and the media and everything that happens underneath. I, I like this guy's got a couple axes to grind. Like you, you do wonder how much to believe in terms of what Charles and, and William I don't know. It says in the very, like in the, the prologue, uh, like the last sentence of the prologue is like, so daddy, William or Willie, here it is. And you're like, okay, we're about to read a letter is more what this book is than anything else. It's interesting, man. And in, in yeah. that sense. it's
1: Well, and and for, and he talks about it. He, uh, I can't remember what the phrase is. I had it on the tip of my tongue and it's gone now, but um, yeah, the Royal's, typically don't acknowledge doesn't matter how inflammatory or
0: don't read it my darling boy is what charles said to him all the time it's like okay i'm not reading it but they're still chasing down meg at every street corner like yeah. i
1: and it was yeah but it had to do with um psh, ignore it don't explain it whatever whatever it was right. the actual royal approach to these sorts of things yeah and it's it's um it, so that is the thing where you go, yeah, I have totally breached all normal protocol here. Yeah, yeah. I, I Not only have I stepped away, but I am not, now that I'm outside the circle, I don't need to adhere to the, right? the policies the protocols, uh, of, uh, yeah. of, of said circle. Yeah. So guess what? I'm just going to say whatever I think. And that is really sort of revolutionary for a, for a, a senior royal.
0: And so that was the one thing, and we'll put the link in the show notes if you want to check it out for yourself. Sounds like everybody who wants to read it has already read it, but if you are mildly interested and want to check it out, uh, if you buy it through the links that we post, TCA will get a bit of a kickback. So uh, something to keep in mind there, but it does feel like you're getting his insight into the Royal family from a way that we never have before. But at the same time, like anyone else on earth, it's just his spin, his take. yep. And so you're sort of like, there's some things you're saying here that I'm not totally buying. And that's okay. As long as you go into it with an open mind and understand you're getting one guy's take on the world, then it can still be an interesting read, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a hundred percent factual. Yeah. And,
1: and and two things in wrapping that up is, yeah. is, is I remember, and I'm, uh, that happened in 98 or 99, so I don't know, I'm in my mid twenties, right? And I'm, you know, you don't, you don't really think too much about other people and what happens in terms of, in terms of your, your sympathies. and your that day was, to day, yeah. That was a huge moment, right? When well,
0: 97 was, was when Ty. Okay.
1: Yeah. And so, so, 97. so you are, it was August.
0: It was August.
1: Um. So anyways, it's, it's him seeing him and, and William behind the carriage yeah. and and Harry had put the little the little note on it, mm-hmm. and it's just said it just said Mom. Yep. mum m u m, and he had put it on top. And I remember thinking that was so incredibly sad. Yeah, just and exposed and yeah, to be that age, he's just a little kid, and he's and he's behind the he's got to walk behind it. And yeah, there was a thing in the in one of the, and I've seen so much of it now because it's, like I said, it's sort of playing all the time in the house. Mm -hmm. It was a picture of, or a video of he and William at Buckingham or or Windsor, or one of these places where they're constantly going out and they're meeting with people Yeah, like the day after his mom's dead died and you, and people are crying. And in you, the two sons are the ones, and he's saying. 12 and
0: 15, I think. Yeah,
1: we are conduits for their grief. Yeah. Like, what about ours? Yeah. And so to me, I'm like, that's incredibly sad. And what that does.
0: Well, that image that you're talking about is something he keeps coming back to as a theme. I think it's in the prologue where he talks about walking behind Diana's casket with William, mm-hmm. shoulder to shoulder. And. Towards the end of his time in the royal family, he and William and Charles are walking behind the Duke of Edinburgh's casket when he passes away. And in
1: Edinburgh! The,
0: and in the epilogue, the three of them, which gets written, of course, after the rest of the book, the Queen's now passed. Right. And he goes, William and I are walking shoulder to shoulder, maybe closer physically than we ever have been, but never further apart emotionally or in our relationship yeah. than, you know, it keeps getting presented as this, this is our responsibility is to keep being out here doing this. And you know, it's your Royal responsibility. Um, but that what's actually happening behind closed doors is completely different than how it's being presented.
1: Well, and, and, and I watched the, I've watched the crown, I'm in the middle of season five. Right. Um, so therefore I am a Royal expert. Sure. Um, I know everything and actually how (laughs) it broke down. But if you look at 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 what a tough time Charles had growing up, yep, right, um the Duke of Edinburgh was a hard man, yep, right, and um came from a military background and expected all men to be of this sort of um yeah
0: this rigid yeah,
1: yeah. and and gregarious right yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. terms of taking on physical sport and and military and yada yada and Charles just not fitting that mold, right? And how sad and abandoned and how how yeah affected he was by that. And and it's funny to hear some of the stuff that Harry's talking about, right? That how doesn't matter how much you hate it, what what was done to you growing up and how you were formed, how even if you hated it. We're it's, passing it down. It still passes on, right? And you're like, well, I did it. Yeah. it. I, I had to do it. You do it too. And so. Man,
0: isn't that a message for so many things? Aziz? So
1: many things. Yeah. Of course it is. Of course it is. And so you can try, you can try and be enlightened and you can try and do as somebody with children and of, of a variety of ages. Even sometimes you go, ah, I'd never do that. And then there you are doing, because it's like a default, it's that, it's that, you know, it's, it's the, um, it's just learned. It's learned subconsciously and, and then you can stop and go, I don't want to do that. Right. But it's the default for a lot of people. And so you have to fight against that and it's, and it's hard.
0: So as long as you go into it, understanding what it is, it's an interesting read. Uh, I'm a little surprised that this is the thing that sets the record, the Guinness world record certified for whatever you, whatever that's worth to you uh, by Guinness. 1.4 million copies in a single day of a nonfiction book, man. It's it's a lot of books. So just an interesting thing that I wanted to bring up here because I uh, checked it out this week and I'm not one of those guys, like I said, who gets super into the Royals, but this one felt a little different and and you just get swept up in the hype a little bit as well, right? Everybody's talking about it. I think at this point, I'm probably harried out. I'm not sure I need the Netflix series. I'm not sure I need to go back find the Oprah yeah. interview, but uh, it was interesting to take a look at. Uh,
1: why don't hey, we? Hey, and while All you're at right. it, get your library card. Yep. Yeah. There's so much happening there. There's so much more than the library you knew as a kid. Yeah. Go out. True.
0: Get your library card. As we move off, maybe one of the more interesting stories in the hockey world this year. Austin Matthews, hockey royalty. Obviously. You see the goal he scored on Saturday night? I did not. Fucking sick hands. man. Because Austin Matthews. But thank God he's back. Yeah, yeah. Took yeah, week, yeah. <laughs> t- took a week off. I'm not playing the Predators and the fucking Red Wings. Fuck this. Uh I'm
1: not winning either.
0: But he's not a guy that you think of as like, wow, look at that crazy deke. He's nope. just, he's just got a crazy wrist shot shooter. and yeah, exactly. Anyway, this one in deep kind of last second backhand forehand up under the bar, sweet goal. Cool. Uh, I was going to bring up the Seattle Kraken. Oh, okay. Who have just wrapped up a seven game road trip, seven and O the first time any NBA yeah. or NHL, NHL <laughs> team. Yeah. Okay, I well, just, but they wrapped I, the I know. same
1: type of schedule. Sorry. And that? I was not, I was not aware of the NBA portion and I thought. This got, fucking idiot. Matt matches got fast in the league. Yeah, no, it? It's okay, you fixed it. Yeah, I didn't fix anything. I was making a point that you interrupted. You. In, in my mind, you fixed it, Matt. Okay.
0: First ever oh. NBA or NHL team to ever complete a seven-game road trip, 7-0. and oh. uh, What and a dumb stat. I don't know. To me, it's reasonably oh, interesting. As a second-year expansion franchise. Who sucked
1: last year. It
0: was not good at all. Um... And really went into this year going, we've added Martin Jones and... Burakowski. and we're set.
1: do forget it,
0: man. (laughs) Get out of our way. And off they go. Uh, Yeah, and really. That road trip was reasonably impressive as well. Like, nothing bigger than the game in Boston where they give the Bruins their first home regulation loss of the season. 3-0, right? Decisively. Uh, The... Kraken are middle of the pack in terms of goals against, right? Like, Martin their, Jones. Their goal
1: ending sucks, actually.
0: It does. But in terms of goals allowed, they're still kind of sixth. They're 16th. Goals four, they're third in the league. And you look at that roster and you go... Where? Uh,
1: Fucking Vince Dunn.
0: Yeah, <laughs> this road trip, it was all Vince.
1: Well, Burakovsky done. and Vince Dunn, it's like, like...
0: Yeah, Jared McCann had a killer first half of the year. Sam Gagne, or where Like, I don't understand really what's happening out there, but at some point, look, they came into, you know, 2023, the second half of this season, you know, sort of right around that third place, kind of hanging around, but they go on this seven-game winning streak on the road, Do you have any choice but to be sold on them at this point or is this still kind of fluky?
1: Well, you know what, Matt? It's an interesting thing because when you look at standard old school hockey numbers Mm -hmm. and you look at your new school underlying numbers and all these things and you go, they really shouldn't be doing what they're doing. Nope. But they are. But they are They are doing it. <laughs> well, and, and to me, the thing is, no matter who you are or what you're doing, you look at their team shooting percentage. It's crazy high.
0: Very, very, very high.
1: They're bad goaltending. Yes. And they're crazy high. And you go, sooner or later, that's got to be, like, l- l- it has got to catch up with you. Like, let me look at, let's just transfer for one second. Ottawa with their top 10 power play, their top 10 penalty kill.
0: <laughs> last place five on five,
1: and they're fucking crazy bad five on five numbers, and and you just sort of go, yeah, but the shots generated at five on five are top ten, and you're like, yeah, but they're not winning, <laughs> right? And so
0: which is a fairly important part
1: of the game. Uh, this is it, right? And so you go, what do you want to do? Like I, I sent you a text, I don't know, two three weeks ago, right, where we were talking about that, and you're like, Toronto had won a game, and I can't remember which one it was, where they kind of got buried. But they won the game. Yeah, and that's what I said. Yeah, I'm like, do you want to have good analytic numbers, or do you want to win? And at the end of the day, Seattle replied,
0: so "Just win, baby.
1: <laughs> just yeah, the Al Davis, just win, baby. Yeah." And at the end of the day, that's the deal. Now, will that catch up to the Kraken?
0: I believe it will. Will it catch up in time this year? Like that's
1: before what? What are we talking? Before judging? they clinch a playoff spot. Oh no, I think the, I think they're in. Yeah, I think that di- that division is waffling enough that that I think that you look at
0: like Vegas is doing what they're supposed to do, right? And yep. that's with Eichel out of the lineup. But after that, you know, you you look at Edmonton and Calgary are both underperforming. I think they're both holding wild card spots right now. They were um, on
1: as of. Friday afternoon, Sunday, Saturday.
0: Well, and Edmonton beat Vegas on Saturday, so I'm sure they're still holding that down. But otherwise, I I don't know with this team, man. I I, I guess. Like, I'm with you. I think at this point you've won enough games, you've banked enough points that it would have to be a disaster from here on out for Seattle to not make it. But I do expect – look, I don't know if they're – as bad as they were last year they're not as good as they've been this year but if they're close enough to the middle of that right into that gap then yeah they're probably a, yeah. a wild card team that deserves to get
1: in well and and the thing is um like i would take at this point i would take edmonton and calgary to beat seattle in a playoff series of course i would too yeah um but what they are is when you look at they are the number 1 5 on 5 yep Take away your specialty teams. Mm-hmm. They are the number one five-on-five team. Like, they rolled through Ottawa. They beat Edmonton 5-2, I think. Then they went in and won 5-1 in Toronto. Yep. Was... And so, yeah, they are talking about rush chances and blah, blah, blah. How do you defend? Whatever. They came in. They beat Ottawa 8-4. And they put up eight five-on-five goals. Yeah. And you're like, man, that, that- – <laughs> That is where, now Ottawa's not going to be the great indicator, but five-on-five five goals is where... That's when, where the game's played. When penalties become harder to get and power plays... You know, like Boston won the Cup in 2011 with an atrocious power play. Yeah. So it can happen because they were a great five-on-five five team. So I know that flies in the face of, of what I've said, but I just think when you shoot that high, uh, William Carlson or whoever you are... We're gonna we're gonna bank on seasons where they're above twenty percent. Mm-hmm. I just look at at the way they're shooting the puck and their bad goaltending. So I just, for
0: you, they're getting in, but they're getting beat in the first round. They're
1: getting in, and I, and I don't think it's a wild card spot.
0: No, it's not. I think At this I, point, they're second. I think
1: no, and this is and I just think they've they've banked so many points, Yep. and now it's too bad for them that it's you know seven wins is seven wins, but they're all sort of I think Eastern Conference teams except for Edmonton. Sure.
0: But you oh, did what in, you're supposed in, to. Like, you Chicago. go in and you beat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, fuck. Boston and Toronto. Yeah. yeah.
0: That, that, that's Chicago. Six goals on seven shots in the first period. Holy yeah. fuck, is that atrocious, man. Like, yeah. that's. Yeah. I don't know. Chicago, doing what you're supposed to be doing,
1: man. I, Good for you guys. Yeah, but then Chicago went in and beats Colorado yep. the next night or he, two nights afterwards.
0: I was in the same week anyway. I can't yeah. remember in which order but and so it, happened, but.
1: it is one of those 3-2 the two or 2-1, two, they beat Colorado, Yeah, you're like, are you, Are you worried about Colorado yet? Because they're... Yeah, I, I they're am worried. they falling out a
0: little, and I know it's it's all injuries. Like, they're decimated, right, between uh, Nachushkin's been out. Landis Cog. Landis has been out.
1: And then the removal of Burakovsky yeah. and Kadri Yep. It's, it's a bit... Uh,
0: I assume at the deadline, their plan was just coast along and then grab, whatever, Bo Horvat or something at the deadline to replace Codry, and you will be fine. Man, they're... They're starting to scare me a little.
1: Well, did you see that article? It was, I can't remember who wrote the article and they were talking about uh, four possible, you know, team captains. That yeah,
0: Ryan O'Reilly out there.
1: Jonathan Taves. Yeah. So Ryan O'Reilly, Jonathan Taves, Dylan Larkin and Bo Horvat. Yeah. And you're like, which one of those, which one of those are you really taking a run at? Horvat. And
0: going into this year, I wasn't that in love with the guy. He's just sort of.
1: Yeah. Is he not a general? Is he not a former? No. no. Um, Must be a London Knight. Fuck those guys. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, But Taves. Boom general. I don't know. Like
0: if I could get him into Toronto on three times retained, <laughs> like two million to play third line center or yeah, something, yeah. I'd be interested. O'Reilly, I would have been super interested in, but he's hurt right now. And that freaks me out a little in terms of what he might be like you're going to trade for that guy, not knowing exactly what you're going to get.
1: Third line, if if you could bring Taves in, as you said, retained money. Yeah. uh, You find a second, you know, Chicago retains, somebody else retains and he rolls in. Yeah. You could roll out Jonathan Taves as your third line center. Yeah,
0: I'd do that. But I'd rather do O'Reilly if I knew he was healthy, even though he wasn't having a great year. Same with like Patrick Kane. Oh man. Like last 2 years he's been a 100 point guy like yeah. 99 and 100 and this year he's been terrible and hurt and you're like I don't know do I want to roll the dice on that? Yeah. Uh, so where do you, you, where do you stand on Dylan Larkin? A little overrated? Oof, big time. But you'd take him again on I don't think they're going to trade him. They're going to find a way to get They I, have, I Detroit, don't know, man. Detroit I, has to get that done.
1: I wonder, right? He's not Iserman's guy. No, he's not. And And to me, we talked about this in the podcast. uh, I don't know how many years ago. It was pre-pandemic, which seems to be the divider for everything. Um, Him saying, I don't want to go to the all-star game. I want to rest. And I'm like, you're fucking Dylan Larkin. Yeah. You don't get to – you're not Ovechkin Ovechkin or Crosby. (laughs)
0: Yeah, you're going.
1: You're like, go. Yeah. You don't get to say, I need the rest. Make sure
0: somebody outside Detroit learns your
1: name. (laughs) Yeah, you played five playoff games in your first season. You don't get to say, oh, I need the rest. Right. So anyways, I think that's probably tainted my entire view of. Sure.
0: I, I just, yeah, when you look at those as your captains that are available out there right now, and and for whatever the captaincy part of it is worth, those are big names that are going to be available. Sure.
1: At varying degrees of, of their career.
0: Yeah. Right. But. Wouldn't it like, yeah, horvat has got to be the guy, the year he's having.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I'm with you. I, I have a, a soft spot for Jonathan Taves. Yep. But Ryan O'Reilly, to me, if, if I, if just on a strictly rental, we're talking. And I guess it depends on your
0: team, right?
1: Yeah, of course. Like a healthy Ryan I, O'Reilly I'm in talking Toronto. about Toronto. I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. look at Toronto. And I, and, and to me, if, if Ryan O'Reilly was happy, and I'm talking about all four of them strictly as a rental. Yep. I think I want Ryan O'Reilly. If I if I if it came down to all things were equal, I'm yeah. like, I'm gonna roll no, the this. I think that's right.
0: I think that's right. And I would you know, Horvat, could you throw that on the left wing with Tavares? I don't know. He's a center. It might work. It may not work. I'd, I, well, I think Team O'Reilly Canada
1: for years have take, yeah, has taken the case. Yeah, nine, his centers nine can move. Centers, centers, need centers can movement.
0: move. That's right. Um so that'll be interesting. But so we're both we we both think Seattle is making the playoffs at this point.
1: Well, uh, and like I said, and I'm even willing to say not even as a wild card. Yeah. They're making one of those top three spots in, yeah. in the Pacific Division.
0: Forgetting what the, the standings are right now, who are you most worried about, Calgary or Edmonton? Who's ha- who's underperforming right now at this point to Cal- a degree that you're most concerned about?
1: Calgary to me is, yeah. the, is the team that I think can translate more into... Because Edmonton's going to get Kane... Back. Yep. But they're, they still have. They're in some cap trouble too. Well, maybe. and they have their defense problems. They really do. And then you have their goaltending, right? Yeah. They rolled the bones on, on Campbell. And you said at the time, you're like, man, I would, I, now I'm not sure how much of it was sort of. Sour grapes. Salty bit of business, but. <laughs> five years was too much. For five that. at yes. five. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, ah, uh, I'm not sure. Are we going to go everything in on that last half a year in Toronto? And you go. Or do you look at the first, you know, last half of the previous year in the first half and you go, I don't know, man. Like, Eight years I, before that. Yeah, no, That's for sure, man. Hours. Hey, I talked about it here on the show, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. If I'm tearing down a leaf, right, I'm doing my research. <laughs> you go, that guy was in the East Coast League two years before arriving in Toronto. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it truly it truly looks like Skinner is is going to have to be the guy. If it's going to be in, a, I, I don't, I'm not sure if... Campbell's sort of rounding back into form, but which is it, why it's a trust
0: thing, right? Like if game 1 was tomorrow, do you trust that guy? And I
1: I don't know. Well, he wasn't how... atrocious in his playoffs in Toronto. No, he wasn't. He was not the reason Toronto no, won. He wasn't. So if he had that form and you have right. a guy who's going to score north of 150 points yeah. <laughs> and a guy who's going to score north of 130 <laughs> points in your lineup,
0: that should be enough. Like it's funny when is you is it? When you look like You look at Connor McDavid's numbers, which are like historically good right now, his numbers in terms of like, if you measure finishing off of his passes, right, his assist rate on goals is actually below average because he creates so so much. much and the guys around him right now are finishing so little. Now, when you get Evander Kane back, who I obviously think is a total douchebag, but I if we're,
1: I got him in my pool, and I'm, I'm, I've held on to him, waiting for him to come talking back.
0: Talking about him as a player, he's a good player, and he will help fix those Connor McDavid assist finish rates. But right now, they're not getting that, um, and they're going to have to deal something away to bring him back in. Tyson their... Berry, I would. <laughs> <laughs> so would they? And I did. So right. would they in yeah. a heartbeat. Right. So I just. To me, I think I'm with you. I'm I'm more worried about Calgary because I think what they have in house should be better. Edmonton, you look around and go, man. If Evander Kane was back, if their goaltending was playing like it should be playing, they would be fine. So I-,
1: I misunderstood the question.
0: All right. Who were you more concerned about out of those two teams?
1: Oh, is that the question?
0: That was the question.
1: All right, it's not what Rob heard in his head. All right. Uh, That's because Rob
0: already had a speech yeah, prepared.
1: Yeah, no, no, he, <laughs> he didn't actually. But to me, it, it was, I like Calgary's op- chance better le- moving forward. Like They're,
0: Huberto's wickedly underperforming. That
1: they are underperforming yeah. is where I was going with they that. They have it in-house
0: the, if they could get it going. Right?
1: Better potential, right, in terms of, but... Yeah. So, but that is, you're, you're, they're both in the wild card spots. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I like the
1: coaching in Calgary better.
0: I don't even, yeah. Okay. Daryl Sutter.
1: Yeah. And not Sean Horkoff, but. Not um, Sean,
0: Todd something Croft.
1: Hey Croft. Woodcroft. Woodcroft. Second That's, this hottest is
0: coach in the league. First hottest coach in the league. Didn't we do that?
1: Every Todd you've ever known <laughs> has had a shaved head, receding hairline and been fat. <laughs> And not smart. Apologies to all the (laughs) Todd's. To all listeners out there with the name Todd. Uh,
0: As we move off, uh, well, we take a look around guys who are expected to be dealt at the deadline. A name that keeps cropping up because he's having an unreal season. A guy we thought was spent, Eric Carlson. uh, On pace for like 100 points. uh, Which, I don't know, a couple of years ago you go, yeah, all right, maybe. But we sort of thought that guy was spent. It was reported by Frank Cervalli earlier this week that the Sharks were willing to deal that guy. They would retain 18% of his salary, and they were looking for three first-round picks in return.
1: Hey, go fuck your hat!
0: (laughs) He is a 32-year-old defenseman, four years left on a $10.5 million deal, and... Look, if you could promise me he was going to do this for the remainder of that four-year contract, we could talk. But 18% brings him down to $9.4 million <laughs> per year. <laughs> uh, I would be... Look, if they said, we're keeping 50%, that takes you down to, what, 6.25? Um,
1: 50% of 10.5? But he, is he not 11 make, million? He
0: is an 11.5 million, I think. Okay, uh, yes. I, so I... I so, I, I bungled that. Whatever, I do that, man. That's all right. Sometimes it's all
1: right. But yeah, fifty percent. Fifty percent.
0: We can. T- I still think it's rich, but we go. Mm, yeah. Okay. That's the max man. you can hold on to, right? I get it. You're doing as much as you can for me. You want three first round picks. so That's fucking rich. But we can talk about it. Eighteen percent. Yeah. I look, Eric Carlson playing like he is right now, or playing like he was in his prime in Ottawa is easily worth $9.4 million. Yeah. But the confidence that he's going to hold on to that for another four years.
1: What's the, it's, it's one, two, it's crapshoot is the word you're looking for, Matt. It's yeah. a crapshoot. At best, at best, it's a crapshoot. Are you, as a contender, look, forget. Oh, if they're going to ask me my opinion because I think I just gave it like. Yeah, uh, yes, <laughs> no, just crap. Yeah.
0: At, as a contender, I don't think either one of us, I get it, are interested in giving up three first-round picks for Eric Carlson for four years at $9.4 million. If you could get the Sharks down to holding on to 50%, is there a contender out there that you could see it making sense for that you would be interested in going, yeah, if he's refound it, if – sometimes that, that, that slashed ankle took that long to heal, like if you could talk yourself into that.
1: Is there a place – Better than Edmonton for that guy. If you could make, you got to trade something out. Yeah, but
0: something expensive.
1: I, I know, but nurse is it, probably is there a team that that needs to move heaven and earth right now? More, more than more yeah. than Edmonton. No, like if 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 you could get San Jose to retain fifty percent, and you put Carlson on that blue line, and you already know that you're playing. You need a riverboat gambler. You need, yeah. we're not playing. This is what we do. We're not we're playing run and gun. New Jersey mid-90s no. hockey. We're playing uh, under, you know, we're going to go for it. We're going to go for that, it.
0: that Edmonton power play is already number one in the league by a wide distance.
1: Yeah, and I'm just looking at, uh, you know, what he would bring 3 on a, five. I,
0: I'm sort of with you, but there is also kind of the law of diminishing returns, right? If we're already blowing people out on the power play, is this really what
1: we need I, I just, to me, it's what are you going to do if you're Edmonton? Like to me, they're a team with guys who is McDavid has three years left, Drysaddle yeah. has two more. Yeah, that is a window with with the goaltending okay. you have, whatever it is. Yeah, and I'm not saying they're you better with, score
0: eight.
1: Just just go for it. Yeah, and, and so I, that's a team I would look for.
0: Yeah, and when I look around it, I I really. I always say I don't understand how they could make it work. Pittsburgh, that's an old core. Vegas. Vegas. Who makes everything work? And it you're just, just it like, fits. You're it just f- like,
1: I don't know what's going to yeah, happen exactly.
0: there, but we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that as well. Although they already have Petrangelo on that top right side. Like you would need, like Pittsburgh's blue line is pretty, I get it. They're...
1: They won a cup with like... Day, Dumoulin, Dumoulin, Latang. Not, not even Latang Le-tang
0: on the first one was hurt the whole time.
1: And you just sort of go, "Wow, I don't know how you did that." Yeah, I, I don't know. I oh Crosby. I think yeah, that guy.
0: Funny that. I think Carlson has shown there's gas left in the tank more than we expected. Now it's there's one also year. ego. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. Ego
1: left in that. Well, tank too. because
0: we talked a few a uh, few weeks back, maybe a few months back now, but whether you could bring that guy back to Ottawa. No. And that was the that was a, a much higher percentage of the opinion than I thought it would be that said no. Like you you've moved on, you can't yeah. bring that back into the locker room here in Ottawa.
1: Well, and I've told you before uh when he was I here. I told you, Matt. Yes. <laughs> I, I loved him with a bit of a you kind of keep it close to the vest yeah. I, uh, that you're like I don't like we're losing two out of every three games. And that fucking guy is laughing (laughs) on the ice. And you're like, why do I appear to care more than you? (laughs) Right. And then there was a 2017 run where the guy played out of his mind. Yeah. And and so the skill is there, but when he left, you're like, oh man, that's a, that's an all world defense, you know, defenseman that we've now lost. But at the end of the day, you have a new captain here. You have a new system. You have a new vibe. Yeah, I don't want. I'd take the skill. Mm-hmm. I don't want him back.
0: Yeah, and I just i, I look around the league and I try and figure out Like even if you could completely diminish the cap hit, it's a big personality. It's a big talent. I don't know where, where that guy necessarily fits. Right. Maybe it, it might just be Edmonton. What, think, do, what do you think? Like, you well, that's what I was sort of flushing out before you okay. Just,
1: All right. shut up, Matt. It's Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I've said it twice now. I'm like, okay, I mean, what has Matt, Matt said? Matt said, I don't
0: really know. Like, say, Louis, Matt's would that put him over the minutes. top? Would he replace Petrangelo? Like, would that fit and get them back into the mix? Uh, see, Nashville is used to driving their offense from the blue line. Could you? Could you plug him back in there after Subban and Ellis have moved on and not, like, the the right side of that defense isn't what it once was? Like, is that a...
1: Subban, I'm a top player in this league, always. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk
0: about Subban yeah. here in a second. I, I just, I don't, I look around and I, I admire what he's doing this year because I thought this was behind him. And you look and go, man, for four more years, though, an injury-prone 32-year-old defender... I don't know where that fits. He might just have to ride this out in San Jose.
1: St. Louis is interesting. Yeah. Um, As a team now, Tarasenko and O'Reilly were both sort of.
0: Supposed to be traded, both got
1: hurt. Yep. And then you're like, oof, that's hard.
0: Yep. That puts a, that makes my job more And
1: yet they're hanging
0: around a wild card spot too. Like they're not right out of it. Are they going to be ready to totally sell?
1: Well, if you're looking at trading Tarasenko and O'Reilly, then no, you don't do it. No. Right, you flip those guys if they, if and when they get healthy, and you just rebuild. Yeah, right. But if you are lingering, hanging around like them in Florida, I don't, I don't know. Florida, fuck. Like that's a bit of a tire fire. Yeah, and and you go. I think we all thought that they were going to be poor for the for that that trade, but not this not poor. Not like this. You don't go from
0: President's Trophy winning like eight points clear of everybody. Yeah. To. to- just swimming with the shit. Buffalo the five, Detroit, six, and Detroit
1: yeah, man, a point up on Ottawa. Right. I mean, like,
0: What's going on here, man? Although it's they, beat, they, beat effect, a pretty, right? they
1: beat a pretty <laughs> shitty Vancouver team yesterday.
0: Yeah, and, as you do. And, and
1: what a tire fire, eh? Hey? The Canucks.
0: The Canucks, yeah, I think we've covered that a time or two. But They're talking I, I, about Rick Tockett.
1: Well, that's the Rutherford connection, right? Yeah. And But to me, it's the, on Friday of late last week, when they dropped that whole Quinn Hughes saying,
0: that was a mistake. So that was mishandled.
1: Essentially saying the Canucks fucked up Tanner Pearson's.
0: Yeah, he's on to his third or fourth surgery yeah. now.
1: So anyways, that, that's
0: going to be a thing, eh? We talked about that a bit last year with Jack Eichel and the Sabres. The The PA in the last CBA negotiations, the Players Association, gave away the ability for the teams to decide what your medical procedures would be to come back for an injury. And that was fucking obnoxious, right? To ever think that you lose autonomy on your body and how to come back. We talked about that around Jack Eichel and it sounds like it's a thing now with Tanner Pearson that the team said, this is the way we think we can get you back on track. They were wrong. And now he's two or three more surgeries down the road, man, that's going to be a thing in the next, the next CBA again, getting back this idea that, yeah, I'll decide what the best medical... Future for my body is right. Uh, that that's a hell of a thing to that's, give away. That's in a crazy CDA. talk. Yeah, yeah. And, and
1: you'd think, right, that that having outstanding medical support on hand, yeah, right, that you would be in good hands. Sure. And but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're a millionaire, multi-millionaire, or you're just you and I,
0: right, hump a day, somewhere below millionaire. Oh, speak for yourself, man.
1: <laughs> the library business is lucrative.
0: Rob is the cover boy for world's sexiest librarian calendar every year. And <laughs> <Ed, Ed> Forbes.
1: <laughs> um, But yeah, the idea that I get to choose what happens to my body for the 50 years post-playing career. Yeah. Seems crazy. It does a little, eh?
0: Uh, as we move off Eric Carlson, the guy that he was kind of I don't know, indirectly competing with here in yeah, in the northeast. For sure, man. PK Subban at the time. Uh, you know, the Sens running out Carlson, the Habs running out Suban. It was an interesting time. Uh the Leafs running out uh Jake Gardner or
1: whoever it might be. I been. love that Jake Gardner guy.
0: <laughs> uh Subban comes back to Montreal this week, kind of post retirement, to be honored. It's it's Habs versus Predators. And look, they gave him this glorious welcome, like we always loved you, when clearly not everybody always loved him. Um, what is the legacy of Piquet Souban? Are Habs fans kind of rewriting history a little? Uh would is this guy a Hall of Famer for you? It's it's an interesting debate around Piquet Subain. I think a very popular player, even in Montreal, it was hard not to love. PK, but I, I just sort of feel like as, as the way his career has panned out after leaving Montreal is, is yeah, yeah, that's fair. Now took a nice run with the Predators to the finals one year. It was great. Uh, 2017. Yep. Oh, I'm, t- I'm trying to suggest he should still be playing. Although there was an article where he believes. <laughs> he, he does. Clearly he could still help somebody in his opinion. Hey
1: Edmonton, I'm talking about you. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you asking me what I'm asking you what is his legacy? Yeah, is well, he a Hall of Famer? Could he still be playing? Okay, first of all, he's not a Hall of Famer. Okay. Um second of all, and if I could double back to the beginning, to me, I think the Montreal fans love that guy. Yeah. So I think his polarization, his 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 how polarizing he really was, I think really was more in the change. In room. the locker room. Yeah. I think in management and those in the team were very divided on how much oxygen-
0: That PK-76 brand was bringing, right? yeah. and, and we want you all to love Pacioretty as the leader.
1: And yeah. And the whole he and Price with their high five, low five oh, thing. Do you see that on- Yeah. Well, they try to tuck that right in at the end because they weren't sure how gun-toting Carey Price was going to be received.
0: That Yeah. Well, that's something too. Um, in the ceremony, Price comes out at the end and they, he does that- triple low five with Subin, that was apparently a problem when it was they happening. were together, they outlawed it, right? You can't do that. You two can't be doing that. Well,
1: right? we talked about it with Carlson smiling and laughing in losses. Like they were doing it all the time, those yeah. guys. Yeah. And you're like, fuck you, man. We're, we're getting <laughs> smashed out here. And <laughs> you need- two are- <laughs> You were doing your low five, <laughs> your Carlton and uh, you know Will Smith thing, high five, yeah. grabbing the, you know, like whatever, and you are like, shut up, grabbing the what? yeah, well, whatever you man, there is grab something, there is grab some flesh, here, we're rolling around and we're doing whatever, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think that grows old for a lot of people, and and I I think if you look at him, how Dinah, and I go back to I am at the '09 9 World Juniors, Mm -hmm. which he was on the Canadian team and they're trotting, you know, Eugene Melnick out to hand out the medals. Mm. And, and he's like, so you've drafted Eric Carlson, Mm -hmm. who's on that Swedish team, who's getting the silver medal. And you're saying... I like to keep this PK guy here. I like to keep him in <laughs> Ottawa. I want to kidnap him from Montreal. Like that's what Eugene is saying out loud, right? Yeah, yeah. And you go over there, that's actually the guy who's
0: You did draft.
1: Who you did draft, <laughs> and you're like, you're not. Yeah, but he's anything. a loser. Look at him. Silver <laughs> medal. shit about that guy. Yeah. Um and so he was sort of his top, his high water mark was like 61 points. Suban. Suban. Yeah. And I think we have this idea of for as, as much dash as he may have had, you know, grabbing the puck behind his own net and, and galloping out, and he's just got that sort of real blue blonde rouge kind of feel to him, right? Where you're like, he's got a lot of flair and he's doing a bunch of things. And I don't think his career ever, like, his Norris year was in the short a shortened year. He had 38 points in 41 games, right? So almost a point a game... But in a shortened season.
0: Yep. And a lot of crazy things happen in that year where you're like, is this real? How do, how do we value that? Right? Like he's legit for getting the points he did in the season that was played. Of course. But you look back at it from a few years later and you're like, ah, I don't know, right? Like, well,
1: because it never really, he got that big contract because yeah. Montreal gave him the yeah. bridge. <laughs> and they're like, and yeah. And good for him for yep. shoving it up their ass. Yeah, he's like, all right, bam. You could have paid me $6 million. But now you're going to pay me, me nine, nine or whatever exactly, it was. <laughs> nine and change, I think. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, good for me. Yeah. 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 And so, um. Not, yeah. So he's
0: sort of, as far as defensemen go, he's kind of top 10 for about six years. Okay, so. He has a Norris. I, I, I think when I look at PK, his stats probably, probably aren't enough. For the Hall of Fame. But his philanthropy yep. and his stardom in a weak year, five, ten years from now, when they're lacking somebody, could he get in? I think he probably especially if he's gonna keep doing the media thing, which will keep him yep front of mind. Front of mind. Yeah. I, I don't think he's a first ballot guy, but I think there's a chance he can keep himself relevant enough.
1: So we've talked in this, on this thing about Mark Recchi or guys with longevity, guys yeah. who get points yeah. out of out of a long career and you go, what well, was that guy ever best? Right. And, and so clearly PK has a Norris. Yeah. For one half year, he was the best. He was the best. And so if you look at just in that 09 world, juniors, two other defensemen to come out of there, Eric Carlson, mm-hmm. Victor Hedman, you take PK before either one of those guys?
0: Career long?
1: Yep. Careers.
0: Hedman. You're
1: taking PK over Eric Carlson.
0: Well, so Car- uh, Subban's already retired. Carlson's rebounded to the hundred points. Maybe a hundred points. Yeah, season. exactly. So I, to me, those guys have always been a coin toss. Yep. They're just different players. Anyways,
1: all. we'll move on. Yeah, we'll, yeah. You can, but Hedman to you me is. You a, can have your PK EK 65 conversation <laughs> I, all you want. How about a, how about a Drew Doughty?
0: I'll take both PK and EK over true Doughty.
1: Okay. How about Petrangelo?
0: Same. I want the
1: Are we doing at their primes or career longs? We're doing a career. Are you talking about a yeah, Hall can, of Fame or are you talking about? Yeah, no, about you're right. You're right, you're right. Uh, so any of those guys, you're you're taking PK over Doughty. You're taking PK over Eric Carlson on a on I'm
0: taking a, PK over Doughty. I'm I'm having a hard time with PK versus Carlson.
1: I see, I I'm I'm taking Doughty. In terms of the sandpaper and everything, the full game that comes with Doughty, I want that. Doughty
0: hasn't been good since, what, 2014, 2015?
1: I... See, I am not taking PK over any of the guys I've mentioned. Okay. I just think if you take away his personality and his megawatt smile, like, and he's got both of those in spades, mm-hmm. man, I think that guy, if you look at, and I am talking about careers. Yeah. Not just at their height. If you look at, the last five years, maybe outside of his, his, from 18 maybe on, that guy's been muddy boot skating kind so of. So's
0: Dowdy. And frankly, till this year, so's Carlson. Like, you, we all thought Carlson was done.
1: I absolutely thought Carlson was yeah. done. But I am still, like I said, well, you said it actually. In a hundred po- <laughs> in a season where he's tracking for 100 points yeah. at the same age. Yeah. As a guy who's retired now because nobody wanted him.
0: It's funny, eh? and we'll post the link to that article. Like he's pointing his finger right at you, Edmonton. Like, hey, I could have helped you, right? And I, I pointed it out to you when I sent the link. It's Michael Trakos there, the Toronto Sun, who's like Leafs and Oilers. Uh, well, Subban, surprised Leafs and Oilers don't want him. And he's sort of half mentions that Toronto just never called.
1: Well, he said it's you know, it's like it's like they've omitted something from the article, right? It's like they're like, he's like, Yeah, I, I'm surprised Edmonton they showed some interest in me, yeah, that they couldn't use me. But it's like they've omitted the part where where Traco said Toronto just what about,
0: wasn't interested. What
1: about Toronto? Yeah. And then because all they included in the article was him saying, and Toronto never contacted, me. right. So what? you've, you've omitted the. So
0: <laughs> you just threw the Leafs into the headline for those sweet, sweet clicks. Is to Toronto? Yeah. Uh, look, I don't expect that anyone in the Atlantic is going to have room for Carlson, but that is a division at this point that is home and cooled again. Boston, if they weren't already finished at first place going into Saturday night, they finish off the Leafs. They now sit, I believe, 11 points ahead of Toronto. Uh, Tampa, five back of of Toronto. Four, I think. Okay. And it's done. That division is cooled again. It hasn't, uh, no one's been within M- five.
1: Minus one team this year. That's, that's Yeah,
0: well, exactly. The Panthers, I guess we sort of thought, actually, Boston was supposed to be the team.
1: Boston was a team preseason. We didn't do predictions, but no. I was positive but Bo- this was the year that Boston.
0: I wasn't positive they would fall out. I was. F- there was no chance you could have got me to say they were going to be first in the division. Let alone by, you know, done and dusted by New Year's. Um, the division's over again for another year, and it's possible Tampa could get up and bite Toronto on the ass and switch spaces I there. Think they have three games in
1: hand. They they do they
0: uh, do at least two? Yeah. So that could happen. But the three teams that are going to come out of the Atlantic are finished. Like, that, that's done again. And it, it it just brings me back to this discussion, which we've had before, is whether or not this particular playoff format is worthwhile. Because we already know one of the divisions, and we sort of know the other one as well. It looks like five teams are going to come the out. The Islanders
1: of, are kind of going, hey, what about me?
0: Right. The Penguins... Up and down. Yep. Right. I don't know what this is supposed to be accomplishing other than to build rivalries. And unless you go straight divisional, drop the wild card, you're not building rivalries. Yeah. See, to me, there's there's, there's only two options. Yeah.
1: So to me, it's the present system with top three, top three, and two wild cards. See, I hate that. Okay. Or there's straight division.
0: Yes. So you I, don't you have no interest in going back to one eight no zero, I'd rather do that than what we're doing now. To me, that the old system <sighs> one versus a two versus seven three six and four five is better than this. Do where, you
1: honestly feel that way, or or are you? Concerned? I
0: know you're talking about the Leafs. Yeah, the,
1: yeah, and yeah. but the, to me that's if I was a Leaf fan. That may be my subconscious, you know, perspective as well. But my first option, the thing I would most
0: prefer to do, is go straight division. Straight division, drop the wild. So Toronto would still play Tampa. Yeah, right.
1: I I think my first option is this option.
0: See, this to me stinks because you have all the negatives of the division being over by New Year's Eve, and none of the positives actually building a rivalry. Like Boston isn't going to play. A division opponent like Buffalo, Detroit, what Ottawa, Montreal, all the way down, they're going to cross over and play. I guess the Islanders or whoever the Caps Penguins. Yeah, yep. exactly. So we'll see. I would like to go all in or all out on the divisional thing. That's the part that 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 bothers me because this was supposed to be about building rivalries and they're just not like in that sense. I've, yeah, I, I think- last year we, what we have. Panthers versus Capitals in the first round. That's not a divisional yeah, rivalry. Yep. It was in yep. round one. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I was trying to think. I'm like, oh, uh, yep. So Panthers in or out. But did you also have a Rangers Bruins? You had the top two seeds in both sides played. Crossed, and again. Crossed over. That shouldn't happen either. Yeah. Well, we can talk about if you have four if and the, four. Then you, the, the, that's right.
0: That's my, that, that'd be another thing for me. If it's five and three, I get it. Five's going to cross over, play yeah. one, whatever. If you're each getting one in, stay in your fucking division. Yeah. Right, well, guys. but
1: then somebody comes up and says, yeah, the Bruins were a 100-point yeah, 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 team yeah. and yeah. the Caps were a 93-point team. And you're like, but why do I got to stay in my own if division?
0: You just said, not you, but if yeah. we've decided this is about building divisional rivalries, yep. then stay, unless yep. one fifth place team is better than your fourth place team, yep. you stay in your division.
1: See, to me... I agree with you. I love the sort of the strength of division, the, the creating rivalries in that. As long as I don't got to play in nine times in the regular season, like we had to do somewhere in the
0: mid 2000s. Yeah.
1: And you're like, that's too much, man. Yeah. Um.
0: Remember the year Toronto and Ottawa played eight times and Ottawa I, won all of them. And then lost in the playoffs. I, yeah. Yes, I do. Remember I was going to leave that part out. Yeah, I wasn't I, trying to be a dick. No, no. I you just can't, was. you can't
1: leave it out, man. It's absolutely part of the narrative. <laughs> Um, I do remember that. Yeah. Yes, eight times. Used to play I, I, I think your there was 7 and one. Yes. I think in the regular season. <laughs> um, to me, this is the best of a flawed lot. In terms of, it it does have the the two wild card spots allow the ebb and flow of divisional. Like you look at the mid eighties with the Smythe Division versus the Norris Division. The Norris Division was shit. Yep. And they'd have all four teams would make the playoffs. Detroit would win it. And then they'd get smashed by whoever came out of. Yep. Out of the smite. That's right. And so in those days, you're not, you're not rewarding strength of team. You go, I'm in a tough division, which, which for, you know, quite a while now, the Atlantic has been a top heavy. Yeah. Tough division, but it's not this year. We have the three, the three top teams, which are very good. It is still the top heavy. Yeah. Yeah. But.
0: The you third are, place team in the Atlantic would be first in the entire Western Conference right now. It's a top heavy division.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and really, all I'm saying is is it'll, it. Last year we were four and four
0: with the same. That, now yeah, we four, can talk about the cross Atlantic and four metropolitan.
1: Yes. And, yeah. And so all I'm saying is is you the top three make it through. You have those beauty two three matches. I, it, we can talk about whether we want to go. Okay, four and four. We're going to play that one four in the division. Stay in. But it, it does creep up the odd problem. I'm just saying this allows the best teams to make the playoffs.
0: I To me, it just looks like the league keeps saying this is about building rivalries, and it's just not. But not doing it. And they're not actually doing it. And that's, if we're not going to do it, then just go back to your old school, one versus eight, like we always used to. Or go straight division and understand that it's cyclical. Right now, yeah, it's the Atlantic that is wicked top heavy. It used to be, man, back in the day, Chicago, Nashville, St. Louis. It was he- Dallas yeah. was heavy in the Central, right? Yeah. it used to be that way, and it's cyclical. So I think it's okay to acknowledge that. Yeah, right now, yeah, Toronto's, Boston, Tampa are are leading the East. It won't always be that way. I, no. I just, to me. This is not, I, yeah. it just sucks to me. It either go all in, 1-4 in every division, 2-3 in every yeah, division. Yeah, and
1: I, oh. I get it that there's Leaf fans out there no, listening okay. right now. No, no. Who are saying, <coughs> fuck you, Rob. Because no matter what well, happens. people
0: are always listening. Yeah,
1: no matter what <laughs> happens, Toronto's playing Tampa regardless. Yes, that's, but doesn't that suck that that's done by
0: January 15th? We already know that. Uh, it doesn't suck for me. Okay, uh, you know what I mean in terms of any excitement in terms no, of no, any playoff, I, And I
1: don't even mean I like uh, to me. The Toronto could just as easily beat Tampa this year. I'm just saying the only thing left to decide is whether
0: which team's the home team because Tampa has at least two games in hand, maybe three. They're four or five points back. That's all that's left to decide. But those teams are playing each other again, and we know that by the All Star break. That yep. can't be good for business. Uh, but it would rotate. Like
1: see, see, to me, the in thing five is five years it might
0: be Vancouver, Seattle that already right, know all
1: there. the all the talk last year about you know eight teams making it with hundred points and and that you know you had in to the get east, yeah. there's not going to be that's not we're gonna we're gonna revert to the norm this year of your playoff teams making having yeah
0: I didn't think that
1: no you you didn't think that but I'm telling you that's the case. Like your wildcard teams will not have hundred points this year in the Eastern Conference, because no matter how you slice it,
0: yeah, all eight teams last year had hundred points. So I, yeah,
1: but they won't this year. No. Yeah. Okay. And that's all I'm saying okay. is is we'll revert to the norm of mid 90s will be your bottom two playoff teams will be in that sort of 95 97 point range. Right. Um. Yeah. To me, this is this is the this is the format. That is the best of a bad system.
0: Yeah, and I guess we just disagree on that. I'd go full division or just back to the conference. This kind of half-pregnant thing sucks, in my opinion. Yeah, that's
1: all. well, and I just don't like the... I don't want to see a Boston-Carolina first-round playoff match in a one versus eight.
0: But you still very easily could but those- see it if... Boston finished first in their division. Yeah. Carolina finished fifth but in theirs. Do you remember
1: the old days when you'd have the South East division? The third place. And they, they would they would win the division and they would have 94 points.
0: You're seeing it right now in the NFL playoffs, right, where they changed their format. First place gets a bye in both conferences and then two plays seven. Two is smashing seven every... Like, it's kept... The playoff race, interesting late yep. into the regular season, but that crazy wild card weekend that we're all used to is now just regular beatdowns. On in the
1: old days, when you'd see a seven and nine division yeah, winner exactly. get a home game, and right. you're like, "Fuck you, man!" Right. So I'm not about that. But this idea that one division is weaker and they get the third spot because they are the yes, that that to me is like you'd have the same problem now.
0: You do have the same problem. No,
1: but I'm <laughs> saying in, in the same thing. In the same, but you don't have it where a, a, a team wins a shitty division with this terrible record, and they get a third seed when you have a fifth seed or a sixth seed with a better record. But you, you actually are seeing that. Like we're talking, in Toronto. Right
0: yes, Toronto, Tampa this year is going to be better. Like let's say third and fourth or fourth and fifth in the league are going to face off when seven versus nine in the West or in the league will face off in the West or whatever. Like you're still seeing that happen. And yes, right now it sticks in my craw that it's happening to my team. It's cyclical, but it is cyclical. It would move on. And so I would rather just go four, 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 four out of every division, no matter what. Yeah. And this year, Your division's weaker than mine or vice versa. It'll be different in five years. We're just going to stick with it because over the years, that would build rivalries, right? You would eventually see Boston, Florida, or Carolina, Pittsburgh over and over and over. And you'd get sick of those fucking guys. And that would build a rivalry. Right now, you're only guaranteed that one series in your division, that two, three in any division is actually a division game because it could be one versus... Five in any other conference. That, yeah, see, that, that part bugs me. See,
1: and again, I'm going to double back to the beginning. My first and most ardent desire: it's for the, is, the Leafs to lose. Uh, yep. <laughs> Second, beyond most that is sense device. to win. Yes. And beyond that is to go back to straight divisions.
0: And I'm I, I want to do that too. That's what the work. And and, and, surely just do like 25 minutes to get here where we agree. Nope.
1: nope. But to me, the thing is the wild cards allow for the ebb and flow of which division is stronger to have that. that somewhat balanced out. I'm willing to sacrifice a bit to have the better teams make the playoffs. Right. I'd hate for if you look at this year and you go, Detroit, Buffalo. Are going to make the playoffs in the Yet this year? I, I, that's what I'm saying is is the equity of the
0: situation. Tate Thompson has a 12 point series in round one against somebody, and I, yep, at least you built an in division rivalry. I I right. just don't and, care and about. I'm, I'm always going to be Bruins Islanders in round one. But I, if
1: we can have this and we can have the best teams, I would rather see Pittsburgh or Washington make it than Buffalo or Detroit. Not Ottawa. If they make it into that spot, though, <laughs> they won't. Sorry, that was they won't. But and I let's... struggled to dis- disguise my disgust. Yeah, I really? Did over. you struggle at all? <laughs> it just burst from
0: me. Six teams to pass, eight points back.
1: Yeah. Well, forget about it. It's 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 inept coaching to overcome. Well, How about that.
0: And you declared the season over on like November tenth or whatever. Well, was I wrong? You weren't. No, I gave it an extra week or two. I I was. Being the generous one. <laughs> and to me, if you look at again with the
1: Haxtall job, same guy. Dave
0: Haxtall, coaching Seattle, yeah.
1: That they were shit last year, unentertaining, uninspiring, no good hockey. And you're like, that guy's a brutal coach, man. He was brutal in Philadelphia.
0: Brutal in Toronto.
1: Was he in Toronto? He was an assistant coach for oh, Okay. Yeah. I'm like.
0: I, was, I assumed that's why you would craft I was, him to No, pull.
1: no, I was, I was confusing him <laughs> with Peter Horacek. Oh, you better check yourself. But yeah, I. and then, but clearly you take essentially the same ensemble and you run through and you have a better five-on-five team. That's not happening here in Ottawa. New coaching, please. Well, today.
0: Especially when DJ's only redeeming quality is supposed to be structure, defensive system. And this team is brutal defensively and in their own end.
1: Somebody the other day said, could he not take the Sheldon Keefe philosophy as opposed to the Babcock (laughs) one he took from Toronto? Could we not do this?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Look, it's, it's been, it's not been good. New
1: coaching, new
0: coaching. hundred percent.
1: If we start next year with the same coaching staff. Wow.
0: Sean Simpson on TSN 1200 the other day and Tweeted out something along the lines of, The Sens need to bring in Daniel Alfredson as team president now. I took I'm, some blowback, but quote tweeted and said, The Senators need to bring in Daniel Alfredson and experienced hockey president now. Not, yeah. I get it. We love Alfie. Not we. Yeah. Ottawa loves Alfie. He yeah. needs to be involved. Yeah. You need experience from the ground up right now it's time for this group to turn the corner no more rookies no more well you know i hey alfie bring him in but he can't run the show right
1: now good good friend of good friend of the show lsg was it was in the arena the other day and he's like there's my buddy flo julian (laughs) i'm like just hanging out eh? could, could, could we not have him
0: yeah that like, would have been a good move.
1: Like bring him in. If nothing else, Claude brings structure. Yep. hundred percent. And that's what this team needs. hundred percent. So bring in Claude Julian right now. Make it happen.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, last thing, I guess, before we get out of here, Robin Leonard, who we've talked about before on the podcast, whether or not he was being maybe unfairly castigated. Is that a fair word? Can we use that? Sure uh, About, you know, some mental health issues, things like that He's been out most of this year dealing with an injury uh, It comes out last week He's had to declare bankruptcy He's lost some money
1: oh, He's lost some money
0: Investing in snakes Really interested in snakes Bit of a, what is it here in Ottawa? Al's reptile <laughs> <laughs> Little Ray's, baby. That's it, Ray. Not Al. Sorry, Al. Owlet. Al's other, reptiles are doing great.
1: <laughs> some other generic.
0: Uh, I guess at some point, he had invested in this outdoor sanctuary, these animals. Uh, the guy that he had invested with died. So
1: Died? Air quotes, died. Just, just, just
0: often died. It happens sometimes. Uh, and he decides... I guess I probably don't have to pay that guy anymore. And it gets ugly in a hurry, right? And at the end of the day, yeah, he, he's then apparently gone in and tried to rescue slash save slash steal <laughs> the animals that he yes. thought were his. And it's left him apparently owing more money on these snakes than he has, which is scary in its own right in terms of what he's done with the rest of his.
1: Guys in Vegas making $5 million- essentially tax per per year, (laughs) claims he has assets of one to 10 million. That's quite a discrepancy. I'm not sure how that happens. It's got to just be one of those category,
0: like check yes or no on this box.
1: In an an aside here, I was buying, um, I was donating to a snowsuit fund. Okay. Yeah. And at the end it says, um, you know, age bracket. I'm like, all right, whatever.
0: Like you were the. Yeah, they, wa- yeah,
1: yeah, they want to know, you know, sort of the donation, where it's coming from and what your age bracket is. It was 34 to 49 and 50 to 65. Okay. Which is only noteworthy because just this past summer Rob turns. Yeah. 50. Yep. Just uh, flipping the corner. And, and I'm like 50 and 65. Yeah, like you, man. We're all in the same dinner yep. at 430 can I have my break at the Shopper's Discounts Drug Discounts at market? Shopper's, yeah. And, and for a brief second, I'm like, I'm going to put 34 to 49. Yeah. But I didn't. No. But that's shitty. Anyways, that's- For you. Yeah, for me. <laughs> 100% for me, man. Because I'm the only person in this There's conversation. No box
0: to click, prefer not to say, like you can on the gender one now. Well, oh, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: I, and I, the thing is, the funny thing is, I don't really
0: care. I'm really just trying to donate a snowsuit. Does it matter how old I am?
1: Yeah. Well, and you go, why am I the same as that guy wearing his fucking belt above his belly button and wearing the belt that matches his shoes? Like, why am I with that guy at Boca Del Vista? Like, we are not the same guy. But you know what, Matt? Yeah. Apparently. You are. We are. you are. Um, It's Robin Leonard and the snakes. (laughs) Is the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one to ten. Hey, so assets of one to ten million, Yes. the box that you were checking, that's your fault, Matt. Okay. Um, but owing money ten to fifty, if you it's thought a much the much bigger box. If you thought the one to ten, yeah, so that's clearly in the sixty-five to seventy-nine box, that's <laughs> freaking people out big time, man. That you owe upwards of fifty million and and yeah, the guy he bought the snakes from was killed by his wife. Yeah, um, was this that pandemic TV show? The Lion King or the Tiger Something King. Tiger yeah. King? Yeah. That's what it was. People <laughs> owning exotic animals in the United States—bad shit happens. And these people that someone owning multiple anacondas, ball pythons, yeah. and anacondas—that started to when the guy died b- interbreed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, which lowered the value of the stock of the snakes because they started, like
1: you said, breeding. Yeah, and so when you asked me anything else on this show, and I'm like, uh, you you passed me along. I,
0: I did. I it look, I forgot. Okay, no, we've no, been no, all over no, the place.
1: No, no. This is not about. This is not about you know you know Matt's
0: persecuting Matt.
1: No, on. it's not at all. It about I that was a long ass article for just.
0: To then crazy pass fucking by.
1: crazy yeah. fucking people owning large snakes and dying and going bankrupt. The the article was way too long for that. Okay, and so this is no, this is not about Matt, but Rob did read at least half of it,
0: which means we we now must discuss. <laughs> I, I understand.
1: Well, and all I understand. I'm saying is, I it's I, I did, it did it concern you to see
0: Evander Kane's lawyer group in involved in this? Right, like his group of. Hey, when, when your money gets crazy out of hand, you crazy athletes, you come talk to us. Yeah. This is the same group that was supposed to help Evander Kane. Yeah. End up in Edmonton.
1: <laughs> is Robin Leonard going to sit down with somebody from, you know, TSN and they're going to have a little. Yeah. A, a little, little heart to heart about his snakes. There's going to be a piano in the back and, <laughs> and I'm going to be wearing a sweater with a button up shirt underneath. A lamer look, I cannot Sweet. think. Um, yeah, so with Robin, there's the well-documented, you know, issues of the past, right, with his.
0: Yeah, he's come, he's been very public about his mental health for issues. sure, yes, and, and, and his yeah. substance
1: abuse yep. and all these sorts of things.
0: And you so, have to be just wailed to buy a bunch of <laughs> snakes for $5 million, don't well, you?
1: <laughs> and it's funny because long before I knew about this, I was, Mark Stone, when he first got traded there and whenever that was, nineteen eighteen yeah. 18 or 19 to Vegas. He's like, yeah, I got up in the morning and I, I went out to hop into my beautiful pool with a waterfall and he's like, and there's a huge ass snake in the pool. <laughs> and he's like, so who did I phone? Robin Leonard. <laughs> Guy Robin Leonard's going to come out and wrangle this snake. And so I'm it's like. It's a gardener. What? And I thought, well, that's because Robin Leonard may be slightly more
0: used to the desert. He's been and, here longer. And,
1: and doesn't mind, you know, he's a bit of a, got that crazy thousand mile stare, right? And he's sure, like, yeah. he's uh i I'll do whatever kind of guy. But yeah, no, apparently it's the background. He's
0: a snake guy.
1: He's a snake guy. By this time he'd already been two years in terms of the, uh I own $1.2 million worth of snakes. How do you not
0: have anyone in your life that says to you, Hey. Don't spend millions of dollars on snakes. Like, how do you get, I, I said to you in the text when I sent you this article, it is often made very, very clear The professional athletes forego the last couple of years of their even most basic education. And someone's able to get their hooks in and you go, hey, you know what? It's totally reasonable to spend $3 million on snakes. And you go, all right, like I could see that. You need to have someone in your life that goes, Hey, stupid. Yeah. No, don't do it. This is not a reasonable investment.
1: You'd be better off growing cranberries in the desert. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, cranberries take a shit ton of water. It's. I just. just,
0: How do you not have that person in your life? Yeah. You have bad friends. If and it's, these are people recommending this to you.
1: Well, and, and yeah. And your, your partner, your wife isn't, isn't strong enough to say, Hey, you know what?
0: You're we, stupid.
1: We have finally got shit back on solid ground after all the things. And maybe we should, cause as I said, any athlete who, you know, essentially through their own talent and hard work has won the lottery. Yes. And you go, yeah. Okay, My man,
0: body that.
1: has allowed me to make money. Yep. Yeah. And, and you've done that. My you've, brain. And that's it, right? And you have, I have by hook or by crook or, you know, by whatever reason somebody has taken advantage of me or I've just, no one's, as you said, put the bumpers up yeah. and said, hey man, stay out of the gutters. Right. Just keep moving straight. You feel badly. And then, yeah, this whole thing, it, it uh, you've touched on the on Tiger the King thing. This whole thing smacks of... Uh, Of a Netflix series, because it's it's just like, yeah.
0: Right after Prince Harry's. uh,
1: Hockey player with, you know, bipolar uh, and substance abuse issues buys.
0: Big dumb jock buys snake farm. And then
1: suddenly guy who sells them ends up murdered by wife.
0: Yeah. I'd watch that. Who's
1: now in jail. Yeah. He's just like, no way, man, that shit's not real. Yeah. But it is. But here it is.
0: I don't know, man. And I feel bad. I, I, I it, it felt like that guy kind of rebuilt his career in Chicago. For sure, for it sure sucked did. when Chicago was like, ah,
1: island on the island. He was, he like, was good on the island.
0: Then he moved on to Chicago, and neither one of them wanted to hold on to. We talked when Steve Warren was in here. Like, our team's worried about the mental health thing. Our team's not prepared to give him a long term contract. Are they worried about things? And he moves on to to Vegas, gets himself a long-term deal. I think it's five times five. I believe you mentioned that a few minutes ago. It was a Jack Campbell deal. Yeah. And you just go, all right, I guess he's back on track. And to see this drop this week and you're just like, oh my God, how do you, you're declaring after all the shit you've been through and gotten it back on track to now be declaring bankruptcy over fucking snakes. Yeah. Ridiculous, man. You need to have someone in your life pumping the brakes for you going nope 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 right <laughs> like you're yeah. not spending this you need someone in your life quite frankly that goes okay you're making what five million this year here's 1.5 of it we're putting the rest we're just putting the rest away in a pretty simple savings account a little yeah. bit a little interest yeah and you'll live off that for the rest of your life apparently I, not I, I, well here's a snake
1: and we're gonna see because he's not that old like he's He's not young. 32,
0: 33, maybe. Right,
1: but you look at it and you go, I don't know what's going to happen, but... Hey, Siri, how old is Robin Leonard? Robin Leonard, is 31 years old. There you go. So he's got at least two years after this left on that contract. Yep. And so I don't know what happens in court and and what happens with bankruptcy and yada, yada.
0: Be leaning on that deal, I'm sure.
1: But that's a guy who then is going to have to depend on getting healthy and getting another contract because... Otherwise, man, you're working at the fucking 7-Eleven in Malmo <laughs> when this bad boy runs out. And it's that, a nice
0: 7-Eleven. What's that? It's at least a nice 7-Eleven. Yeah. So no, everything's but, clean honestly, over there's the
1: sliding doors in the yeah, 7-Eleven. Yeah, yeah. and, that and was in Copenhagen, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to end up like, I don't know, Brashear or whoever that was who's working at a Quebec City Tim Hortons. Timmy's so
0: people showing up every day to take your picture. Or want to fight you in the parking you. lot Fuck.
1: and I can take him. Yeah. No, not me personally. No, yeah, probably not. That's Rob Ray. I, I, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Rob Ray, if you're listening. Um not anymore. you used to. Yeah. I I, I could have taken You him called out. him out. Yes. <laughs> I know that's <laughs> it is one of those things where you're like, nah, it's all right. It's, it's crazy. I talk shit and say things that I sometimes regret. Yeah. Um that's Rob of, Ray will make you regret. That's one of them maybe for sure he will. Um me and Matt Barnaby will be thrown out of the same glass window. <laughs>
0: awesome. Um Yes. Call me before that <laughs> happens. I'm Follow ho- at Talkin Audio on Instagram. I'm hoping we'll it's a ground video. floor window as yeah, all yeah, that yeah. happens.
1: Um, just in closing, mm-hmm. and your love of Netflix and all things available on it. Um, <laughs> That 90s show. I started watching last night because my team sucks so badly.
0: Yeah. Didn't need to watch past the first
1: period. Yeah. I made it to almost the end of the second. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I tuned over to watch- Breakpoint. Okay, you heard of it?
0: Heard of it? Haven't watched it.
1: Okay, so for those of you who haven't, it's the it, it follows. It's tennis, right? It follows the twenty twenty two ATP yep. s- season, right? It's sort of like your um, drive to survive, I believe. Is and there's a PGA one coming out uh, called Full Swing. Yeah. Um. So clearly, the 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 success of Drive to Survive, right? The number of people who are like, I love it. I'm now an F1 fanatic. Why wouldn't you try? Well, no. So I heard that and went, another. Sp- I heard that when I don't need to take another sport on, right? I, yeah, I, yeah. I got baseball in the summer. I got hockey in the winter. And well, At least
0: F1. It's often like Sunday mornings. I'm not. I,
1: I'm not getting up for eight o'clock. Yeah, for, okay,
0: but I got no other sports on in the morning. I got room in this part of my week, maybe. Right. I,
1: so, no. yeah, my better half is a big tennis fan, and so I started watching. It. I watched the first two episodes, and so. Uh, pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. And and if nothing else, um, I'm through two episodes. And what tennis does is, you, you can't dispute tennis athletes are fantastic of athletes. Course, yeah. But to me, what tennis athletes do the best is or suffer or struggle with is the mental, how tough you have to be mentally in that game. Like when you're down four zip in the second set. How easy it would just be to go, fuck it. it. Fuck this. Man, I'm going to, I'm going to take a crack at the third set. Right. Um, or, or to grind down and, and, and reset and, and try and still win that. To me, it, this shows it. The first set, the first uh, show is all about Nick Kyrios, mm-hmm. who's an interesting cat. Um, but the second one is about Matteo Barrettini, uh, and, and. To me, he's a guy who's scrapped it from the, from the ground. Anyways, the mental side of the, of, of, an athlete to me shows through in this incredibly, I, I'm, I'm, I find it quite enjoyable. So two, two episodes in break point. Worth taking a look. I
0: would also mention season two of Behind the R, the Ottawa Red Blacks online series dropped last week. Um, if you were into season one, if you're Interesting, a shocking amount of access in terms of internal meetings and stuff like that. Uh, you can check that out at redblacks.com. And our buddy Chris Hoffley is going to be on the podcast this week. He'll uh, talk a little bit more about that as well. So, lots of good stuff if you want to get behind the scenes on the. the Hoffley we,
1: will also be able to address all that's happening with the Ottawa 67s.
0: Yeah. Trading away all of the picks. I, I texted 87 him.
1: 87 picks.
0: I texted him. On the OHL trade, I was like, so what? The 67s just don't draft anymore? Like, this is uh
1: if They have their first and second next yeah, year. I
0: know, and that's what he said. He's like, ah, oh, we're we're fine. We got everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, traded everybody else's picks that they'd acquire in previous years. So, uh, Hoffley was supposed to be in before Christmas, came down ill.
1: What a half miler. He's going
0: to be in this week. <laughs> hopefully for the full mile. Uh, we'll see. I think that's it for this one, Matt.
1: I think I think we've covered a lot, Matt.
0: Yeah. I got and, a lot of work to do here in the studio.
1: Ah, a couple of pee breaks. A couple of me talking over other things. and
0: <laughs> That's not new.
1: I just show up, free range conversations. This Drink a couple of beers and peace out. <laughs>
0: Fix that, Matt. Release yeah, that Monday. See you later, Matt. I hope it turns out to be a gem.
1: <laughs> Let me know if we win an Emmy. A Tony. Whatever this is.
0: When Mike Wilner was on the <laughs> podcast there Friday morning, episode 1054, talking Blue Jays, he was plugging his own podcast, Deep Left Field. Uh, if you want to check that out, get some Jay's talk, you can do so, like I said, search Deep Left Field on your podcast app. He goes, another award-winning episode. I had to tell him, we just declare our shows another award-eligible episode
1: of and <laughs> Audio. Yes, exactly. If you're interested. <laughs> Give us something. Yeah. No, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll take a nomination.
0: Sure, Yeah. Uh, we'll wind this one down here. That is episode 1055 of Tall Can Audio. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast app. Give us a follow on social media at Tall Can Audio. For Rob, my name is Matt, and we will see you all next time. You got it! That's it. I cannot work under these conditions. If anybody wants me, I'll be downstairs at McDougal. Call the weekend guy, I don't
1: care.